For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What is going on? It is the Ethos Clippers podcast, and we are coming at you on a Tuesday evening. No Clippers basketball today as they get ready for a back-to-back, and they'll be on that back-to-back with PG and Kawhi, probably not for both games. And so I, have, of course, have to go back-to-back with my buddy Matt. Matt Warren, he of the 100 plus followers. Matt, what is up, my guy? Sports Ethos Clipper Nation, Brandon Marcus. How the heck are you? That's right. We're in triple digits for the Twitter followers. What do you know? I should have checked your exact number before we started this podcast. So I'm just going to rely on my quick fingers bringing this up as I'm talking to see if I'm able to track this down as I stall here to figure out how many followers you have my fat fingers keep hitting the wrong button all right matt <laughs> you have 110 followers let's go let's go all right love it love absolutely it. love it so mazel tov to you it's exactly what we like to see matt matt award getting the respect he deserves not only by the way we didn't mention this last episode but not only is matt co-hosting this podcast but he is getting out those typing fingers as well, and he's got an article as well. Matt, tell pe- the people what you're doing there. Yeah, these these fat fingers over here are uh, are doing a little work. I have the Sunday Sob Stories. It's a fantasy basketball-driven show. So if if we thought that maybe uh, – and actually, you know what? Before Right before we went on air, Brandon and I were talking about the failures of his fantasy football teams, Yes, unfortunately. Um, well – that's my basketball team in my in my money league this year. I've been having just horrendous luck. The likes of Chris Paul, mm-hmm. Halliburton is now out. I have Dame. I mean, it's all going crazy. I traded for Kawhi, which we can get into Kawhi in just a little bit, obviously. Yeah. But I've been miserable. And I don't like to be miserable alone because I think they say misery loves company. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to reach out to all my fellow fantasy basketball players who are maybe just not having the season they had envisioned I want to get us all together in a warm, warm little huddle, and we can just commiserate about our travesty of a season so far together. Sounds great. Misery does love company. That is, uh, that's what they say, and uh, I'm glad you're doing that. Continuing to contribute to Sports Ethos Nation, Matt, of course, on Twitter at Matt Matt Warren. I'm on Twitter at BD Marcus, and of course, you got the Ethos Clippers podcast handle as well. We are on iTunes. We're on wherever you listen to your podcast. If you can rate and review the podcast, that would be absolutely amazing. A-plus gold star for you. Hit us up. Send us that review. We'll give you a shout-out on the next podcast. So, I started at the beginning of the podcast saying that we're on a back-to-back as the Clippers have Kawhi and PG a win over Charlotte to start the road trip, one that frankly was a little bit more difficult than it should have been. I believe the Clippers were six and a half point favorites in that game. 
ended up winning by two, courtesy of Kawhi Leonard. Now get ready for a back-to-back in Florida with Orlando tomorrow night. By the time you're listening to this, it's going to be tonight, is my guess. And then at Miami on Thursday before taking on Washington. So three more games before the big game on Monday against the Boston Celtics. We got to talk about the game last night, Matt. You and I teased it. We talked about it, PG, Kawhi, and I said I would be stunned if they're not back by Thursday at the very latest. Well, we got a nice surprise because they came back yesterday, and I think they looked different, and I want to go one by one. Let's start with PG first, despite Kawhi hitting the game winner. Uh, PG, very efficient in his first game back from that hamstring injury in 28 minutes, 19 points on 8 of 15 shooting, 2 of 4 on threes, 1 of 1 from the line, 3 rebounds, 7 assists, and only 2 turnovers. There was a point where he had, I believe, 7 assists and 0 turnovers in the game, and if it wasn't 7, it was 6. So he was very good, very efficient to start. I thought he looked very similar to the PG pre-injury. Your thoughts on PG's return? Uh, I think the assist to turnover speaks volumes. That that yeah. was absolutely the first thing that caught my eye. Seven assists, only two turnovers. We, we remember, we remember him uh, just turning the ball over like he had just been eating buttered popcorn before every play uh, as at the beginning of the season. Now he is playing more efficient. You're right, looking looking more like the PG we've all come to know and love. I would. You know, it's first game back. You can't can't really be mad at it. I'd like to see him get to the line a little bit more, if at all possible. But I was I was certainly encouraged with what I saw in his 28 minutes of play. He averaged close to four turnovers in the month of November. That, of course, was very much aided by the 10 turnover effort at Dallas in the middle mm-hmm. of November. So you get rid of those. There were a bunch of five turnover performance, a couple of four turnover performance. So for him only to get two. That's a good sign, and I I think part of it, Matt, is that with Kawhi on the floor, PG doesn't have to do as much um, with the ball, and I feel like he maybe didn't need to force it as much as he has in the past, and I think that's part of where his turnovers come from, is just trying to create too much, and also we saw that he would get a double team in several different games, and he wouldn't know what to do, and he would try and pass out of it, and he would throw it away. And I think having Kawhi to ease the burden on him offensively and also to draw the defense away from him because not only do you have to focus on PG now, you have to focus on Kawhi. I think that'll help his turnovers as well because he won't need to do as much with Kawhi there and also he won't be pressured as much with Kawhi there because the Clippers have so much that they can do offensively with Kawhi along with the other guys that have been healthy, which is interesting. Hey, bring it. Yeah, you bring up a great point with the uh, with the double teaming. I know you and I had talked about that before. It it really seemed to flummox him uh, at times. Uh, speaking of Paul George, and led to a lot of just silly decisions, holding on to the ball, not knowing exactly where to pass it to or to put it up, what to do with it. So, yeah, that that extra uh, attention going to Kawhi is certainly going to help. He only took four threes, and I know that we like to see him take some more. Uh, but I thought that he did good job. Did a good job attacking the hoop at times. Um, I thought he did a good job getting himself open on threes, and he did miss a couple. But I mean, it, I, I just 
I like what I saw there, and it's interesting because I believe Justin Wilson of LA Clippers film tweeted earlier today that the last time Kawhi was out for a while, he came back, and I think he had 30 points in his first game back. So this is certainly someone that when he is back on the court, it doesn't seem like there's any rust with him, which is really important because now we can transition to Kawhi. There's certainly rust there. Um, I got to tell you, I, I want to hit on this before we talk about Kawhi. Were you surprised with how many plays were being designed for Kawhi instead of PG down the stretch? Because I thought that the way Kawhi had been shooting the ball and just the way he had struggled to start the season, I figured that they would give the ball to PG with just the way he's performed offensively this season. But PG took the back seat and Kawhi was the guy that took all the shots down the stretch. Were you surprised by that? Because I was. I was definitely surprised. I, I'm right there with you. I thought... You know, uh, as as we spoke about, I thought PG would hit the ground running, like like he has before coming back from injury, and Kawhi wouldn't nece- necessarily take a back seat, but would just ease into, especially the clutch time plays uh, towards the end. But you're right, they were they were drawing stuff up for Kawhi. It ended up working out, obviously. Uh, it was a it was a bit of a surprise. It's a nice sight to see, and I I hope that moving forward it, it can be a dynamic where either one of them can be the go-to guy uh, towards the end of games. If you look at the last several possessions, I think for the last five, Kawhi had the bucket, and the other one was a Kawhi assist on a Marcus Morris two-pointer. So Kawhi was certainly involved at the end of the game, and he showed in the last possession with that step-back jumper that he is a guy that is still has it, and there's been a lot of talk about how He's not the same guy that he was pre-injury and that he's not the same guy that he was during the title run. And I think that's fair, but at the same time, he still has enough juice to be that complementary piece to PG. Those guys are still 1A and 1B. And I think the more that Kawhi plays, the more he's going to get his legs underneath him because you got to remember, he didn't play at all last year. He didn't really have a preseason. The preseason was the start of the season when he was coming off the bench. Then he got hurt again. So he really still hasn't had a chance to ramp up and kick the rust off those tires. It feels like that's what the next couple of weeks are going to be. And I think we have a better idea, or we will have a better idea, probably in January of what we're getting with Kawhi. And that's, of course, if he stays healthy. But it feels like right now, Matt, is just one of those three-week periods where we just have a chance to evaluate Kawhi as he ramps back up. And and again, it's like with it's like with all star players, uh, and you sort of alluded to this, Kawhi has no no matter what what people may think of him, uh, if he's looked slow or sluggish coming back, he's got a certain gravitational pull when he's on the when he's on the floor. So it is going to make things easier for other people. Him just being out there and being a threat to hit a game winner or to give a choice dime to get a clutch rebound, a steal, whatever the case may be, he has to be respected out there, and it's going to make things easier for everyone. If you take away the last five minutes of the game, then I think he only had three made shots in the first 36 plus seven, so 43 minutes. Um, Obviously, he didn't play all those minutes, but it would be the first 23 minutes of game time for him, and he only had three, four made baskets. So I think what's nice to see is that 
it gives you an idea of what we're going to see in January, that if he's ramping up in the middle of a game and improving as he goes, then you give him a couple of games in December, then we're going to see him more like the guy that we saw in the last five minutes of the game, but throughout the entire game. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And when you have to put up with the likes of a defensive stalwart like the Tsunami Poppy, you, you can you can forgive uh, Kawhi. I'm kidding, of course. The Tsunami Poppy? Isn't that isn't that uh, Kelly Oubre's nickname? Is that his nickname? I, I'm going to go to basketball reference right now and okay, make sure. Do but it, I, am, I am relatively certain. That is phenomenal. Because I know Noah Eagle always does a great job of going to basketball reference and using guys' nicknames when I've never heard of a certain nickname in my entire life. But Tsunami Poppy certainly is one of the best ones, if that is indeed his nickname. Have you looked it up in time? Did I waste Kelly, enough time? Kelly Oubre Jr., the first nickname that comes up. So he has is tsunami poppy or wave pop i've never heard wave poppy but tsunami poppy tsunami poppy wow that is mm-hmm. tremendous so he was great by the way yesterday um, he actually he actually killed it yeah i was making fun of his defense but he did he did do some great some yeah, great stuff there on the floor he's only a guy that will rack up steals and blocks but he had zero of those but 28 points for him 26 for pj washington who was oh for i believe 13 in the game prior um, but as someone that has pj washington on their fantasy team that was certainly going to balance out he's too good of a shooter and too good of an offensive presence. And then, of course, Terry, Scary Terry um, with one of his more inefficient outings but still put up 22 points. I thought the Clippers just did a good job just making sure that, hey, it's just those three guys and no one else is really going to beat you. So that was nice to see. Um, I, I just thought Kawhi looked rusty early. I mean, he just didn't look great. I thought he looked a little bit slower. Um, but I think he looked better than he had at the start of the season which is certainly a good sign after he missed all this time with that ankle injury. Uh, it was nice to see that he was looking like Kawhi, kind of like, I guess Kawhi light is what I would call it. Not quite Kawhi, but Kawhi light. Yeah. Kawhi light also looking a little heavy. So it's, it's a little strange to make that <laughs> comparison, but I think the most important number you know, the game-winning shot, obviously amazing. 16 points, six boards, two assists. He's doing his thing pretty efficient, 7 of 15. Yeah. But 28 minutes yeah. out, of, out of the gate after coming back from the injury. I mean, you and I said, you know, we, we, we were guessing we we're going to see him 22, 23, 24 tops. And to get to 28 in the first game back, I love it. I think that's a that's a great sign. That's, Super encouraging. It's the most he's had all season. Um, before that, his high was 25. So I'm stunned. That after a couple weeks off, he went straight into 28 minutes. And if he's going to play 28 minutes right off the bat, then he should be at 30 um, in a couple weeks. So that's a really good sign. Um, I would be very surprised. Um, As we're recording this, by the way, their injury report is out for tomorrow. And neither Kawhi nor PG is on it. Which would make you think that barring a second or barring a last second uh, change by the Clippers, which they have done before. Um, I would assume that both those guys will sit in that game against Miami on Thursday. That being said, PG has played in back-to-backs this year. So I'm really interested to see what the Clippers do with PG. I'm almost 100% certain he'll, that Kawhi will sit. But with PG, um, I'm not sure if he's going to sit or not. Do you think he'll sit or do you think he'll play in that game against Miami in the back-to-back? I have a suspicion Paul George will play, Kawhi will sit, 
I'm not. I'm not actually really sure about uh, John Wall if they'll play him in the back to back or not. So John Wall's out for tomorrow. Oh, he's, he's, he is. Okay, I wasn't. Like, yeah. So John Wall's okay. out. Um, Luke Kennard is out. So both those guys are because of injury, mm. and I'm assuming that they're sitting Wall and Kennard out tomorrow because they don't want to sit Wall, Kennard, PG, Kawhi all together out on Thursday. So that way they split the two up, where they want PG and Kawhi to play together, and. If they're going to sit them on Thursday, they want reinforcements coming back on Thursday, and that will happen with Luke Kennard and John Wall. That's just my guess. It's a it's a fair assessment. I I really do hope Paul George plays on Wednesday though, because yeah, as we as we said before, this this road trip is so incredibly important. Yeah, and <laughs> to the uh, to you, the remainder of the season. And you like the team to kind of get some chemistry before that game against Boston, because if you don't have that, you're going to get the doors blown off you, because Boston has been one of the best offensive teams we've ever seen so far to start this season. And, I mean, Charlotte was one of the worst offensive teams, and the Clippers surrendered 117 points. So you wonder what will happen facing Boston if you can't get your defense in check and you don't have that chemistry because defense is a lot of chemistry. I mean, you need to know where your guys are going to be and trust where certain guys are going to be. And if you're on the floor together, then you don't know where people are going to play and where you don't know when when you should switch and you just have that thing when you play with somebody that you know if you play with them for a while but if you haven't played with somebody it could get ugly on the defensive end yeah it's going to be a big test against boston gosh they've they've looked just i mean they're just incredible yeah. this year uh so yeah getting that chemistry together against orlando and then coming up on Saturday against Washington. Hopefully we have the full complement of players so that we can be uh, just at full force and ready for that Boston game on, on the 12th, because that's going to be a big test. That's a, that's a huge game. Actually. I know it's er still early in the season, but against a, uh, a juggernaut like Boston, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, me too. Um, Something that's interesting about Kawhi so far, we know that he is a great defensive player but he's not really doing much in the numbers when it comes to defense. Steals in the last four games, he has zero. Blocks in the last four games, he has one. Blocks this season, he has one. Um, he had a steal in the first game of the season, then two steals after that. None since. Interesting. Um, I don't know what that says. I'm not sure if it means anything. But perhaps it means he's a little bit less active on the defensive end from what we're used to. How much are you reading into that? Because I think a little bit of that is cause for concern, but also I think it's something to keep an eye on, that as he gets more accustomed to playing and actually being on the floor and being with his teammates, I think those will obviously go up. But interesting, nonetheless, that so far he's done so little when it comes to blocks and steals. Well, I, I do have to hearken back to the Misery Loves Company fantasy basketball article uh, because I did trade for Kawhi, like I said mm -hmm. earlier, so I feel like it's partially my fault. Yeah. That he's getting zero steals and minimal blocks when he is such a great defensive player. Maybe it's just because he's on my fantasy team now. I think that could be it. But uh, in the reality world, it is a little bizarre to see him not sort of racking up numbers like we're used to. But I, I, think, I think we can allow it and wait for that part of the game as he gets more comfortable, as he gets more fluid, as he's feeling like himself. That that will come, you know, the the shot he's looked rusty in pretty much all aspects. The defense is probably the least of my worries. 
Yeah, and offensively in the last three games prior to the Charlotte game, he was 4 of 11, 5 of 8, 2 of 8. So not taking a ton of shots. Um, he was 1 for 9 combined from 3 in those three games. He had 1 rebound, 1 rebound, 5 rebounds in the three games, so 7 total rebounds. He's just not doing much when it comes to stats, and I think it's – not something that's a cause for concern right now, no doubt. I mean, numbers don't mean a lot when a guy's coming back from a torn ACL and he's been out for, what, 18 months. So you have to have some patience there. But I think it'll be a really good indicator of when we have starting, when we start to see peak Kawhi, when the blocks and steals start to get there. I think once we see that, that means he's more active on the defensive end, he's a little bit quicker. He's getting his reads correct, and I think that's when we'll have a better idea of Kawhi getting more comfortable on the court. But who knows when that's going to be? Are you are you at all? And I do agree with you. Are, are you at all concerned that you know it 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 did go right down to the wire with a with a team like Charlotte who has not been very good this year, or or do you just chalk it up to the guys are just coming back? getting their chemistry back together again or is there any cause for concern that you know we they had to, it necessitated a game winner against a team like the hornets you know what's funny is that normally i think people are quick to panic in those types of situations when you're a six and a half point favorite but as our buddy dan always says he always goes and bets against the stars that are coming back when they've been out for a while and if you look at the two games yesterday where that happened and it was very interesting because the Clippers were six and a half point favorites yesterday and they covered by two. And then the other game where a star came back was James Harden and the Rockets beat the 76ers by nine in double overtime. So you would think that getting the player back would mean that your team all of a sudden is going to be better, but that's not the case. Um, it does happen a lot. And I don't know the exact numbers where the first game back when you have a star that rejoins the team for the first time in a while, you do see that little bit of a slippage at the start. Then in the next couple of games, as the players get comfortable with each other, that's when you start seeing the team that you expect to see. But the first game back is not a cause for concern for me. Now, what will the Clippers look like in a couple of games? Um, that's what I'm more interested in. I'm more interested in what the Clippers will look like um, at the end of this road trip and whether they'll look like this against Washington, I believe it is on Saturday. I think that's the game that I'm more interested in than any of the others because you have Charlotte's the first game, Orlando will be the second game, Washington will be the third game back. That's the game that I'm most interested in seeing how the Clippers perform. And if they still look pretty crappy at that point, then I'll be a little bit more concerned, but not right now. How about you? I tend to I I feel the same way. I uh you never you never like for a game to go down to the wire of against course. the Hornets like that. I did forget about the uh the stars coming back correlation, so I, I maybe I should have thought of that. But but like I was saying before, yeah, I think on Saturday's game against Washington when hopefully the full complement is there, there's some games under the belt. That's re that's really going to be a that's really going to be to, to see where where if the team is gelling and sort of picking up the pace, yeah. and that's right before obviously the the Celtics game. But mm -hmm. I'm I'm right there with you on the Saturday game. I'm not too panicked about it coming down to the wire against the Hornets. Stuff like that happens. We'll see we'll see in these next couple of games. Like you said, the Magic, uh, and then the the Heat on on Thursday. 
and then the big one, as we're as we're now calling it, the yeah. Washington Wizards on Saturday. And listen, if you want even better indicator, and we go a little bit further down the road, the Clippers host the Hornets on Wednesday, December twenty first, and. The reason why I'm pointing that game out is not because it's against the same team that we're talking about, but it's because the Clippers will have three days rest between the game against Washington on the 17th and the game against Charlotte on the 21st. And there'll be three days at home. It's not like they're going from road to home or home to road. They'll have practice days on the 18th, 19th, and 20th. I think that's one of the first times all season where they're going home to home and having those three days. I mean, they went November 30th against Utah and then back at home, but they're at Utah. So you're going home to home and having those three days. And that is, I believe, the first time this season that the Clippers are going to be able to do that. Actually, no, Wednesday to Saturday, they did that with the Lakers and then Brooklyn um, earlier in the year. But it's not often that you have those three days at home. I think that'll probably be a really good indicator when you have a chance to rest um, a guy like Kawhi and PG and get them some practice, how they'll look in that game against Charlotte on the 21st. That's a great point. Uh, and unfortunately, the Washington game on the 17th is an afternoon game, so we may be in a little yeah. bit of trouble there. Yeah. Uh, just historically, Clippers aren't always that great in the afternoon games. But it will be it will be awesome to see three days of rest and just how we come out at home against the Hornets on the 21st. Yeah. Um, the game at Washington, luckily, is going to be at uh, 7 o'clock East Coast time. So ho- 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 hopefully that helps out. Um, 7 o'clock East Coast time at Orlando, 7.30 East Coast time at Miami, and then 7 o'clock East Coast time against Washington before the Clippers return home. So, yeah, I- I'm interested to see Kawhi. I like to see his numbers just improve. I think right now it's just about him playing basketball. I mean, the numbers that he's putting up right now are very similar to lines that you would see during the exhibition games um, in the preseason, they're, they're very similar to what you would see. Um, so once he gets those preseason games underneath his belt, as what we're going to call these, then I think in like a week or two, that's when we'll start seeing the Kawhi numbers that we're used to. Once he's playing more, getting used to actually starting, because remember he started off, he started coming off the bench um, earlier in the season. So I think in a week or two, I think we'll have a better idea of what Kawhi is going to look like on the floor. But it's good to see PG looking like the guy that he was prior to the injury. So I think all in all, I think Kawhi looks rusty. Um, I think we'll have a better idea of we'll be able to evaluate him better in a couple of weeks. But PG, I think, is um, back to where he was, which is certainly a good sign. Oh, absolutely. One one thing I forgot to mention about Kawhi, I I thought the best look of the night was after he hit the shot, holding holding the pose and then celebrating with the team. It was yeah. the encouragement was really uh, or the enthusiasm excuse me was really encouraging to me I, I loved seeing seeing the guys uh thrilled for the for the what would turn out to be the game-winning shot he's bumping chest with senior yeah. it was awesome that that part of it i loved it pumped me up yeah you love to see energy like that um one last thing i want to hit on before we say goodbye because i thought that there, there i don't think there's a whole lot else to cover um from that game yesterday i don't want to really hit much in the rotations i mean because I, I don't think you can do anything with the rotations right now because you have limited minutes for Kawhi and PG. You have Luke Kennard, who's only playing 20 minutes yesterday. You don't have Norman Powell back. Um, I mean, there there are friends over the Lob the Jam Pod. They went more in depth on the rotations, and um, I know Rob. I think had some issues with certain rotations, but Moses Brown's not going to play a ton usually. Um, I don't think you're going to see a guy like 
John Wall play 27 minutes usually. Um, great game, though. 12 points, 12 assists. Uh, by the way, the Nick Batum, I do want to give one stat on Nick Batum because Justin Will, not Justin Wilson, um, our friend Fly By Night, Justin Russo, posted some crazy stats um, about Nico Batum. And so I wanted to give that out because he deserves the credit for finding something crazy like that. Over the last nine games, the Clippers have outscored opponents by 85 points in Batum's 178 minutes. So plus 85. The Clippers have been outscored by 101 points in the 254 minutes Batum has sat. Batum has a plus 40 net rating in that time, plus 20.6 with him, minus 19.4 without him. And Batum hasn't even done that much scoring the basketball. But that shows how impactful Nicholas Batum has been. It goes back to what we were saying last pod about guys that are going to be playing. And Nico Batum is going to be one of them. So it's unbelievable what he has done recently, Matt. Those numbers are insane. Oh my god, I didn't, I didn't realize that. I mean, if you just even if you just look at last night or uh, the game against Charlotte as a snapshot, he he was he had the best plus minus of the team, plus twenty three, in his twenty minutes. But wow, those are those are some staggering numbers, and he will be a huge, huge part of the rotation, moving forward and and into a deep playoff run. That's for sure. Speaking of which, by the way, you and I talked about Musa Diabate. Um, we did not give this detail, which I found very important. And Noah Eagle brought this up during the broadcast on the radio on Monday. Musa Diabate is on a two-way contract, so he can only play a certain number of games with the Clippers. So that limit is back after it was wiped out during COVID, I believe. Um, I don't know the exact number. I want to say it's around 40 to 50 games that he can play with the big club. So we didn't see Diabate in that game against Charlotte, and that is why, because he went back to the G League. Um, you and I talked about pumping the brakes on Diabate. And by the way, I found it very interesting that there was a report today that uh, Isaiah Hartenstein could be on the block for the Knicks, and some people are asking for him to come back to the Clippers. Where are these minutes that all these guys are getting? You want to play Diabate? You want to play Reggie Jackson, you want to play Hartenstein, you want to play Wall, you want to play Mann, you want to play Kennard, you want to play Coffee, you want to play Covington. There are not enough minutes, my friend. There are not enough minutes. So uh, I just don't think that Hartenstein thing is going to happen. But nonetheless, interesting, the Diabate thing with how many times we're actually going to see him this year. feels like it's, it's he's going to be bouncing back and forth all year. Yeah, I didn't realize that they reinstituted that the two-way contract rule. It makes sense. But when we do see him... We'll cheer, but like you said, there's just not enough minutes to go around, and we're going to need to slowly but surely tight, tighten, this, tighten the rotation, figure out figure out roles, and that's, I think, with, with Kawhi and Paul George, hopefully back for good yeah. this time, you know, that's, that's going to be a, the, the big focus moving forward. It'll be easier to do with a healthy team, and God willing, mm-hmm. that continues to ha- happen, and it starts tomorrow in that game that the Clippers should, and I say should, handle rather easily um, a game against Orlando that is not great. I mean, they're an okay team. be nice to see Ben Caro. Um, he's a hell of a player. Um, Bull Bull's having a really nice year. But Markel Fultz is back. I just don't think that, that, that they'll have enough to beat the Clippers. Um, I'm curious what that line is, by the way. I'm going to look that up right now. But uh, two games, I, I wouldn't expect a whole lot in that game against Miami on Thursday because I would expect 
at least Kawhi to sit. But the game tomorrow, um, I would hope that the Clippers look good. They're six-point favorites tomorrow. So they should win um, at Orlando. And then Thursday, uh, I would assume that's going to be a loss. But we'll see. Um, I will, by the way, be joined by Shane Young um, as of now um, on Thursday night after that game. So we'll chat about the game on Wednesday um, against the Magic and how Kawhi and PG looked. And then we'll see who was available in the game against Miami. We'll talk about that. But I'm looking forward to the next couple of games. How about you? I can't wait till the next couple of games. Uh, w- Wendell Carter Jr. is still out. Am I right about that? I believe so, um, yeah. yeah. Okay, because not to bring it all back to me and my fantasy team and my trade for Kawhi, but Wendell was included in that trade, so it could have been a huge revenge game for him yeah. against me. But, you know, we wish him a speedy recovery. Just tomorrow night he won't be able to exact revenge. No, unfortunately. On me and on us. <laughs> yes, listen, and, and most importantly on you because your fantasy basketball team takes priority over anything else um wendell carter by by the way is hoping to return in one to two weeks and that was on december 1st so he will not be returning in the game tomorrow against the clippers matt matawarren on twitter he of the 110 followers great to see me at bd marcus and then you got at ethos clippers as well big thank you everybody for listening matt i'll give you the final last word i've got two of them go clips Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.